This is Christine Camp Friedman, founder of Avalon Development Company. What would be your opinion on why people who are in business or even others should listen to this type of programming or this show? One, they get a glimpse of people who have already succeeded or are on their way there. Because knowing about others, um, I think it makes you learn about your community. You know, who's making decisions on behalf of the community. Because all the people that you're asking to come on the show, they're not only impacting their own business, but they're impacting the community in a positive way. So I think that's why people should tune in. Um, the second reason why they should tune in is just the questions that you're asking. There are so many different points of view, and being able to listen to others and, and trying to decide which way one might want to pursue their lives is something that's helpful. It's about being motivated. You know, we talked about having motivational tapes to encourage us every once in a while. Having something like this is empowering. Greater Good Radio. I use it as a rule of thumb that I'm trying to get about five times my money in three years or ten times my money in five years. Design your home in one minute or less. Inspire. Inspire. If you are doing your passion on a daily basis, then you're never going to have to work a day in your life. Greater Good Radio brought to you by Central Pacific Bank, Pierce Loyal Banking. Welcome to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, where we develop tomorrow's leaders by bringing you up close and personal with today's top business people. Greater Good Radio Hawaii is dedicated to social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Evan Leong, and with me is my co-host, Carrie Leong. Today's show is brought to you by Central Pacific Bank. Fiercely loyal banking. Thank you, Evan. Today's guest is Steve Metter, CEO and principal of MW Group Limited and principal broker of MW Commercial Realty, Inc., which is a real estate development company with over $325 million in assets, including the Pioneer Plaza, which is the building we broadcast from. Others include Nimitz Center, Hawaii Self Storage, Azeka 1 and 2 Shopping Center, and numerous other properties. Please welcome to Greater Good Radio, Steve Metter. Welcome to our show, Steve. Aloha. Good to be here. So could you explain to us what the MW Group is? Yeah, it's certainly not very complicated. Uh, my last name's Metter, and my partner's is Wood. And so we just stuck that together and abbreviated it, MW Group. It's a commercial real estate development company. We have about 35 employees, and in our other related businesses, probably about 70 more. So how did you first get started in real estate then? The first time I was involved in real estate or introduced to real estate was before I went to Berkeley, before I went to school. I was uh, 19 and wasn't motivated to go right into college because I didn't know what I was doing. And so I thought, ah, I will go into business right out of high school. Big mistake. So those out there, I would not encourage that one. Uh, not only because college provides you the fun and the relationships and helps build your confidence, but it does give you some building block tools. But, of course, at 18, I didn't know about that. So I uh, wanted to make money, and one of the ways I could make money was in real estate. And, and I remember uh, this was during the Jimmy Carter era when interest rates were 17 15 16%. 
and I had read a book about real estate, and I recognized that when interest rates were so high, the market would be very depressed. And so I put an ad in the paper, if anyone has a mortgage, they would like me to assume, I will assume it at the full value of the mortgage. So a guy called, a military guy living in San Diego, and I, I uh, in effect, bought my first condo at 18 and a half, almost 19. He called your home? I called... Yeah, I left him a message. I was living at home, and uh, I met with him, and it was really funny because I had to tell him, hey, my strategy is to assume your mortgage, which gets you out of your mortgage. You move, and and when the real estate market, when interest rates decline, I'm assuming real estate prices will go up. And in the meantime, you can't sell your house anyway. And so I went to knock on the guy's door, and he was expecting an adult, not an 18-and-a-half-year-old little, uh, little guy. And so I knock on the door, and he says, hey, kid, whatever you're selling, I'm not into it. I've got to wait around for this guy because I'm trying to sell my condo. I said, I'm that guy. <laughs> and uh, he said, what is this? Can a camera? I said, no, really, I'm that guy. Let me, can I come in? And he was really bummed out because he th- was trying to sell his condo. And I sat there and said, listen, I can assume your mortgage and, uh, and I can afford to pay for it. And he said, well, do you have a job? I said, not exactly, but I'm going to get a job. <laughs> If I can get your property in contract, I'm going to go to Costco and bag groceries or do whatever I have to do, and I'm going to find a partner to rent the other rooms or buy half the condo. And to make a long story short, I did just that. I found a doctor who wanted to split the condo with me. I got a real estate license, used my commission down to help buy it, ended up assuming his mortgage, lived there for 18 and a half months, and sold it and used that money to, to, to start my education at Berkeley because my uh, parents weren't in a financial position to help me. So that was my first deal. So so how did you even know about what a mortgage was? That's a good question. I, I, I read a book, and then I got inter- interested in it. I didn't even have a car at that point. My, uh, I went to my dad. I said, Dad, I got, I got to go down to uh, an escrow department to sign some documents. He said, what are you talking about? I'm all, well, can we get in the car because I'm going to be late, and I'll explain it on the way. And this was before escrow companies were around every corner. I had to go downtown Honol- or downtown San Diego. And I explained this to him, and he goes, you've got to be kidding me. There's no way you can buy a condo. I said, trust me, Dad, I'm going to sign these escrow points. I'm going to get paid to buy it because I'm going to get 3% on the $78,000 it costs, around $2,100. I'm going to walk out with a check for 1000 bucks today and a condo. And he's all, uh, I don't believe it. Anyway, bottom line is he sat there, watched me sign all these paperwork. I took the 1000 bucks, I went over and uh, waited a few days and bought a car saying, I have great credit. I just bought a condo. <laughs> and, they, and then, you know, waited for that to show up on the credit score. And they said, yeah, if you own a house, you can qualify for a car. I said, great, because they didn't focus on my pay stubs, right? Because I didn't exactly have one yet. <laughs> and then I went over to Costco which was right near, it was one of the first Costco's, and I got the job, and uh, it worked out great. That's how my exposure to real estate, T- taking a big gamble, actually. You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Today's guest is Steve Metter, CEO and President of MW Group Limited and Principal Broker of MW Commercial Realty, Inc. Please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. Our show is brought to you by Central Pacific Bank. Firstly, Lowell Banking. So from your first attempt at real estate, you hit it out of the park. You know, you made money. You did well. Did the success continue? Well, I, I don't know if I hit it out of the park. I think I netted uh, like 
4000 or $4,500. But at the time, that was sufficient for me to pay for Berkeley with the student loans and the scholarships and grants I was getting. So for my little world, that was a home run. And then... Uh, so this I, was purely so you could go to school? Yeah. I, I had to pay for school some way. And I realized having not having taken some part-time jobs, that school was the solution and that working right out of school was not an option. So now I had to figure a way to, to pay for it because uh, my parents weren't in that position. And so this was a vehicle to do that, and it, it happened to work. Um, so why did you choose real estate? Did you always know you were going to be in real estate? No. Or were you trying to be a doctor or something else? No, I was going to be in business, and I didn't know what kind, but, but I had read this book, so I figured I had an advantage, you know. And uh, after Berkeley, I worked. I graduated in social science from uh, Cal, and I wrote a thesis on the impact of computerization and banking. Banking, basically talking about the transformation, the social transformation of uh, banking, meaning you put ATMs in communities and then people get adjusted to not really talking to people at times and, you you know, how they're going to use their bank. And that led, not too many people were doing theses at that time undergraduate. So that parlayed into an opportunity to work for Morgan Stanley in New York. And I worked as an investment banker for a few years and then uh, came to Hawaii. So what brought you to Hawaii? I loved it. I loved the people. And New York was all about transactions, cutting edge, making money. And as soon as you're done with the transaction, you're kind of done. Hawaii was all about relationships, from what I understood, because I had an older brother that lived here. And it was beautiful. I mean, it was beyond my description. And so I wanted to live in a beautiful place and start a career. So did you visit your brother and stay here, or did you go back to New York and make the move eventually? I came out to Hawaii, had some temporary kind of employment when I left the investment banking community, experimenting with entrepreneurial uh, opportunities. And ultimately, I realized that everything going on in Hawaii was either tourism-based, military, or real estate. I had no interest in being in line tourism-type service business, and I wasn't going to be in the military. So that left me with with kind of the principal long-term benefits of real estate. And I worked as a, a commercial broker for a short period of time and made quite a bit of money at that. And and during that time, I met my partner who, his name was Mike Wood, and he was he was he had some experience in, in uh, development. And so he and I became friends. He, would, he went to Cal. He was president of the Cal Club. That's how I met him. And uh, we, I trusted him. And since he was kind of starting out, and I was starting out, uh, we shook hands. And that handshake has been in place for 16 years. Mike Wood's a bit older than you, right? Yep. Mike is, uh, and I'm going to nail you here, partner. He is 21 years older than I am. Actually, he's 22 years So old. was he a mentor, or were you guys kind of starting off at the same level, so you guys just kind of learn on your own. I think he was all of those. I think he was a, a mentor, a brother. I was teaching him things. I was learning from him. We were completely experimenting with different, different things. I had a finance background that I earned in uh, New York. Um, he was a, a good communicator and had some loyal investors. So we just had, we brought different skills and uh, and it's really worked out very well. And and it was not easy. I mean, we had our backs to the wall often in growing the business. 
And how was it, you know, starting off and being in a partnership? You're both learning the industry. He he knew the industry better than I did, and he had some core development concepts. And I knew the market versus the industry. I knew pockets of markets that I was uh, involved with because I had the broker's experience. But we went with it. He was someone I really trusted. He was honest. He he had dealt with some difficult challenges in his life, and he had done it in a way that was was embraced integrity. And I wanted to earn it. I wanted to to build a company. And so the idea of doing it from the ground up with someone was very appealing, and I really trusted him. And, uh, and that trust has paid off. I mean, I've had the privilege of running the company now about 10 years, and we started with nothing. I mean, some bad deals that, that we were able to rework and create value because we started at the worst time to start, you know, in 91, 92, when the market was real bad. You know, I went to step back. So you, did you finish college? Yeah. Okay, so you finished college. Were you doing real estate during the time when you were attending school as well? No. Okay. And then so you did real estate. You went to, you stopped, you went to college. Then you went to New York to get into banking. Investment banking, which is mergers and acquisitions and the analytical support for finance. And then you came to Hawaii and you went back into the real estate development area? Yeah, commercial real estate and then ultimately development. And to say that I was in real estate at 18, 19 is not really accurate. I did one real estate transaction. You know, and I was bagging groceries at Costco. Um, so, you know, now I'm now there's been a steady career, and that's all I've done basically in the last 16, 17 years. Thanks, Steve. We'll talk more about that after the break. Stay tuned for more on Sports Radio 1420. This is Mayor Mufi Hanneman, and you're listening to Carrie and Evan on Greater Good Radio Hawaii. How do you sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. What does coaching have to do with running a business? Welcome to the Money Minute from Central Pacific Bank. Today we're talking with Sherry Lee, commercial banker. Whenever we hear the word coach, we usually think of the folks who teach our kids soccer or baseball or some other sport. But coaches aren't just for kids. There are business coaches out there who can help you guide your company. Like a soccer coach providing motivation to a team... A good business coach can energize you with new ideas and new growth strategies. That includes analyzing industry trends and developing your network of contacts. Most importantly, a business coach can provide you with an objective outside opinion, free from the emotions that come with being an owner. Just like in sports, good coaching may be just what you need for your business to win consistently. Today's Money Minute is brought to you by Central Pacific Bank, where you'll always find bankers that are fiercely loyal to you. Central Pacific Bank, member FDIC. This is Gail Jennings from HawaiiDiner.com and EverybodyEats.org. I read selectively all of the papers, but I tend to read more of the columns at Star Bulletin. A lot of it is I like Erica Engel. I like her column, The Buzz. I get good information from that. I like their coverage of the different issues. I like the Star Bulletin. Would you recommend other people to read Star Bulletin? Absolutely. 
I think we need to be as informed as possible. This is Jim Tollefson, President and CEO of the Chamber of Commerce of Hawaii. I definitely would recommend the Chamber of Commerce to others. The benefits are that you get to meet other businesses, get to work together with other businesses, and help you improve your business to make more money to be successful. If you're not a member already, you can give me a call, 545-4300, extension 388. I invite you to join us in creating a better Hawaii, Hawaii that's better for us, for our children, and for the future. Steve Metter, CEO and Principal of MW Group Limited and Principal Broker of MW Commercial Realty, Inc. So Steve, you are a very busy person, and yet you still have enough time to give back to the community. You're involved in many boards, and your company has also worked with a social mission in mind. You mentioned the bridge program. the, The bridge program. I had the privilege of going to a cruise through southern Italy, that was a relationship building activity with GE Capital in their institutional real estate group. And there I met a fellow YPO or Young Presidents Organization and his name was Steve Sherwood. And he again was an older guy, he was at the time probably in his sixties. And he had been successful in real estate and was looking for a way to give back. And he developed a program called the Bridge Program, which basically if you distill it down we encourage our employees to do social activities, community-based activities. And in exchange for that, we have a lot of fun because we do two to four events a year. And then we donate $20 an hour for their activities in the community. And then that money, ha- at the end of the year, half that money that's put into the pool, they give to whatever individual charity, schools, softball leagues, whatever they want, they give it away. And the other half... The company has, it goes into a a company pool and four employees are selected to choose for the entire company where that money goes. And my partner and I don't participate in those choices. So it's, it's money we give into a pool and then our team members direct where that money goes. So it's $20 that goes in and then $10 out of that goes to one side of the pool and $10 goes to the other side of the pool. For every hour they do charity. Okay. Plus the volunteer organizations get free volunteers at the same time. You hit the nail on the head. And then they can network and and get a feeling of giving back and develop relationships all at the same time. Evan, that, that's that's it in a nutshell. Young people in their you know 20s and 30s that are joining the company may or may not have had the privilege of just giving. And this is a low-cost, high-yield way where they can physically get their hands dirty and see a change. They can... You know, we've cleaned up streets, changed up, painted up bus stops, washed cars for charities, um, you know, clean, you know, repainted houses, repainted shelters, so they can physically see the change and the people impacting them, get that positive experience, and at the same time, earn some money for either the same charity or some other pet charity that they have. That's a smart way to do it because if you got your people out there, they're doing good things. That means that the company's name 
is looking good in the community because they're contributing and helping and their people are out there. The people are getting a sense of fulfillment and contribution. They get a chance to meet people, and I'm sure that deals probably somehow work their ways throughout that. And then you can take the money from that also and then use it for other charitable giving at the same time. Pretty smooth. I think, you know, you've hit the root cause. I mean, I don't know if there's been any direct transactions or activities, but I do know one thing. We talk about it when we interview people, and and it helps with our overall core values because, uh, you know, wealth can be measured in a lot of different ways, the least of which should be the material gains. It's, you know, how we're interacting with our friends and families and the community, and, and this has just been a winner because we've had people super excited about their job and in some small part and in some larger parts associated with the bridge program. So which uh, organizations did you guys help last year? Last year we helped um, the rehab hospital. We went and did a car wash for them, which was make your boss wash your car. <laughs> and so we sold a bunch of tickets, and other companies helped us. Uh, Glenn Kanashigi, the CEO of Nordic, and Kent Underman, the CEO of uh, Pictures Plus, and uh, Stan uh, Carr, Stanford Carr, helped us one year, and Kitty Lagaretta from Communications Pacific. These are all companies that I've had the good fortune to do business with or have relationships with, and they have a similar commitment to give back to the community. So it was just a blast washing cars at the rehab center and whatever money we raised, which I think was a couple thousand dollars, and then we gave them some money on top of it, uh, went to a great cause. And we've, uh, we helped uh, a homeless shelter on Maui and a women's shelter as well on Maui. Um, and then we gave money to uh, – those are projects that we did. We also uh, did a weed and seed project where we painted bus stops. Um, not very glamorous, but it was g- gave an opportunity for the younger guys to give me a lot of uh, – not that I'm an old guy, <laughs> but give me directions, you know, because I didn't realize you start painting from the top down so it doesn't trip on you. So they gave me the worst job, painting underneath the ceiling of the bus stop and, you know. But anyway – I, uh, it gave it gives people the opportunity to interact throughout the company, and the the guys in the field give give the more senior guys direction. I think you should be commended on that because it's not just giving money or rubber chicken dinner kind of thing. You're actually going out there and doing the work. Pretty was, good, you know. And it's turned into a family thing for me anyway. My uh, my eldest daughter joins us, and and that car wash was so much fun because. She's been to several community events, but this time she's wearing a little bikini. One of her classmates came, and uh, how do you feel about that? Not, I don't feel good about bikinis. <laughs> <laughs> Matter of fact, I, I my partner I and I, my daughter wear a sweatsuit. Yeah, my partner and I just worked on an application uh, for dating my daughter. <laughs> it's a two pager. It involves blood type. Everything from give me your clergyman's name, your teacher's names, and your mortician, just in case. Credit app. <laughs> Credit app, social security number. Yeah, so I'm not, you know, overprotective dad. We've just been through this, actually, yesterday. You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. Today's guest is Steve Metter, CEO and principal of MW Group Limited and principal broker of MW Commercial Realty, Inc., Steve is also an active member of several community boards such as Child and Family Services, Hawaii Humane Society, a few arts and theater boards, and a few others. Our show is brought to you by Central Pacific Bank, fiercely low banking. So your employees are very lucky to work for a company like yours because 
they have role models like you and Michael to look up to. You know, you're very successful, yet you have this passion to also give back to the community and make a difference and help people. What or who had enlightened you to do this for others? I think quite a few people. It's not one of those stories that, bam, a light went off. Um, there's a Wayne Dyer, who's a who's a pretty Akamai guy, who's written a lot of books. And they're not Think and Grow Rich books or Think and Grow Rich tapes. It, it's it's His work is about trust and acting responsibly and taking the next step and, and thoughts are things. So he's had a tremendous influence on me and some coaches I've had. And he's much more holistic, Dyer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he's not about making money. And uh, my partner introduced me to him and... Uh, when times were really difficult and I was trying to figure out what the heck are we doing? What's the meaning of all this? And uh, my wife is uh, really fun and very spiritual, not religious, but she just knows right from wrong and she wants people to feel good about what she does and how she does it. Does she work with you guys in your business? No, I never. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't handle that. Um, but there have been some specific tasks that she's done. For example, the lobby in this building, she worked with Keith Cockett, the architect, on picking out some of the colors and materials um, because I had done a miserable job. For example, if talk about another failure, I had designed one of the floors in this building with the help of another architect, and it was just, it was an absolute bomb. And uh, I realized, okay, so here's a guy that doesn't have talent in that area. <laughs> But luckily, we had an architect, Keith Cockett, who had a lot of talent, and then my wife, who was great at picking colors. So she, not the lobby on the Cox, 7th and 8th, but the other uh, the other parts of the building. So she's helped there, and she also helped picking the colors in another building we built. Um, but no, she's not directly involved in the business. So well, what would I do when I come home? What would I have to talk about if she knew what was going on? <laughs> Good question, huh, Carrie? Business. <laughs> what else is there to talk about anyways? No. <laughs> These other boards that you're on, you know, why are you involved with them? What is it about them that kind of gets you going? You know, Child and Family Services has a very clear mission. I mean, it affects, it's the largest nonprofit organization that's line management, unlike uh, um, Aloha United Way is a good one, but these guys are hands-on um, helping battered women and hands-on with the dyslexic kids and uh other other challenges that kids are having, um, autism and drug abuse. And so it was a way that I could directly, hopefully contribute in some small way from strategic planning or, or a leadership directive that immediately you could see the impact in the community. So that's why Child and Family Service. And then the Humane Society is I have two Akitas, these beautiful big dogs that I just cherish and love. And I uh, and I've also had the opportunity to get animals from the Humane Society and help my friends get animals from the Humane Society. Can you help us get a golden retriever? I can. A matter, of, I want. a matter of fact, a buddy of mine, Jeff Zimmerman, as a wedding, not a wedding gift, as a, as a um, what do you call it, an engagement gift, I got them a Labrador. No, a, a, yeah, a Labrador. He's asking for one, but he no, doesn't care Golden retriever. For it. <laughs> I'm going to have Someone to care, care for, for it. my yeah. two children. <laughs> And a dog, and I said no because we have a newborn. Oh, congratulations. I didn't want to raise two babies. Hey, you know, Golden, it's just the first six months, right? So how do you fit the time in for all these boards then? Um, 
It's a good question. You know, sometimes there's conflicts. Like a Hawaii theater board happens to meet at a day where I, I, I had already made a previous commitment. So some board meetings you miss, and and Hi Sam, which is the Honolulu Arts, uh, it, it in the the old Heminer building. There's a art program there, but I work hard at just trying to get to those meetings, and and uh, and I'm willing to work after work to get there. And during my lunch periods, I'll give up to meet board meetings because I think it's important. And I think from a leadership standpoint in the community, you have to find macro ways to reach out. And and community service on the board level helps you do that. So why the arts? I My mom was a – she never was a published artist, but she was she was an artist. And that's – and she didn't work – create art for, to, for a living. She created it to express herself in a pleasure – so I grew up around it, and uh, and it's around me in my in our office, and it's around me at home. I've just had a passion for that. I'm not in any way talented. I'm completely socially, domestically, I'm uh, domestically challenged and artistically incompetent. So I, I know where my limits are. You know, I, I don't know how to work washers and dryers, and I don't know how to paint a straight line. But I I can appreciate artists very much, and and so if there's a way that I can help in some small way these communities get more established in the arts program, I'm interested in doing it. Thank you, Steve, for joining us today on Greater Good Radio Hawaii. For more information or a transcript of today's show, please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. This is your host, Evan Leong and Carrie Leong, saying please join us next time for another episode of Greater Good Radio Hawaii. This show is brought to you by Central Pacific Bank. Fiercely loyal banking.